What is up, FBI fam? We are back and super, super excited for this episode, actually. We've been keeping a Rampage on our radar for some time now, so super excited to talk with Murdoch, see how it all started. And But before we get into that, we actually have tons of stuff going on. So I just want to give a quick shout out to Live Nation. They're bringing on tons and tons of shows for all of our basehead lovers out here in Denver, especially. We got Wobble Land coming up mm-hmm. February 3rd. So we got Phase One, Virtual Riot, Cod Dubs, and they added Stone Level. Yeah, Victims on there. OG Nixon's on there. It's going to be a hot show, you guys. It's at the Fillmore. You don't want to miss it. Mm-hmm. And then for those of you who follow us closely, we also just announced Midnight Tea. So, of course, it's time to get juicy. <laughs> I haven't seen Midnight Tea in a hot minute, so this will be a good one. I'm excited for it. Catch us in the pits for that, man. That's where we meet most of you guys. So we'll see you there. And also stay tuned. Subscribe to our newsletter on dubsoffbi.com because we're also launching some new merch. So we had a little bit of delay with production. So thank you all for your patience. I know you're all asking where to get a beanie, where to get a long sleeve and a bag. But trust us, we are working as quickly as we can to get it launched. So hopefully by the time this recording drops, we'll have some new merch on the website. But if not, just subscribe to our newsletter and we'll keep you all posted. Hell yeah, fam. See you at the (laughs) rave. How you guys doing we're good it's uh we work full-time jobs in case you didn't know so we're like stepping okay. away from our work right now and but yeah we got our coffee going so mm-hmm. everything's cheers over here <laughs> cheers oh yeah I'm, I'm in a different part of the day than you guys <laughs> i would rather be drinking what you're drinking right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah but coffee yes, isn't as bad. We'll be having some wine tonight after this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a there's a coffee part of the day and there's a wine part of the day. You know, there's a time for everything. Exactly. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. And thanks, and thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. We've been really excited to talk to you. I know it took a while to get this scheduled, so we're stoked. Yeah, we're on mm-hmm. quite opposite sides of the world, aren't we? We are. Yeah. Yeah. So just so everyone knows, where are you tuning in from? Um, I'm in Antwerp, Belgium. And awesome. um, Belgium is in Europe, and our capital is Brussels. Mm-hmm. And like we're uh, we're um, um, squashed in between the Netherlands, France, and Germany, and we've got the uh, uh, UK on the other side of a little bit of ocean in between us. So that's, you guys yeah, have let's go. Good so chocolate, good beer, good base. Yeah, the works, <laughs> the works. <laughs> yeah, you have it all. <laughs> Chrissy and I actually, we went to Tomorrowland back in 2018. And that's Ooh. how we became super close. And pretty much after that, that's how Dubs FBI came to be, which is crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so you get to fly out over, uh, over to Europe to meet each other and get acquainted and started on something on your side of the world. Pretty, Pretty much. much, yeah. I We coordinated with like some other girls that we went to college with, and it was kind of like a college graduation gift to ourselves. And we just did a girl's trip around Europe. 
Mm-hmm. And then Chrissy and I just became super close after that trip. She introduced me more into like the underground dubstep side of things. I I knew mostly like just like Kezo, Excision, like some of the bigger artists. But yeah, Chrissy introduced me more to like the underground scene. And yeah, this is just how it all came to be. Sick, now we're sick, here. sick. All right, yeah. very cool. And so I'm so interviewing you, I'm, the legend. And where, <laughs> and where are you based? Where are you based exactly? We're here in Denver, Colorado. So oh, we call it right, the base capital. And yes. we think it's the base capital of the world, but some people say it's only the base capital of America. <laughs> so that's a debate we're trying to settle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah maybe yeah. you can I've seen the debate online. Um, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think you're a good contender. I think you're a very, very strong contender. Um, it feels like yeah, everyone and their cat and their dog has been moving to Denver <laughs> to be part of that scene. And, uh, you've got so many regular nights and venues, clubs, outdoor, indoor, um, yeah, really mm-hmm. impressive stuff. So yeah. Have you, uh, have think, you been here before? Yeah. I played the club final in Denver. Oh, yeah it was a very very special quite different experience because i thought denver was a bit like um i thought it'd be a bit of a sleepy town in a way like like a quiet you know it's mm-hmm. it's it doesn't have it doesn't have let's say the ring to it like uh, new york or los angeles or even a miami or you know mm-hmm. even a dallas um has to it um not only in a good way or but also in like in a bad way i don't expect i don't expect like proper hood shit out in denver <laughs> but i i i got mixed up in some proper hood shit out there wow. um like cops and guns and just oh, like no. you know fights and shootings and yeah, it's quite special, and oh, it shit. all happened during my set. So oh my I went. In, I went into club final. I went. In, I went, we played the basement. So I, I mm-hmm. went into that basement. I stayed in there for two hours. Uh, I came back out, and the whole neighborhood was taped off by police. There were police trucks everywhere. There were people in cuffs on sidewalks. Oh Apparently, gosh. there's been a fight. There's been shootings, and it all happened while I was in the club final basement. But I'd never expect to see that in Denver. I expect to see that in New York or in LA. Mm-hmm. But and then I was like, "Whoa, my God, what the fuck just happened?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, just, just standard Denver Saturday night." It's like, okay, really? Wow. Yeah, that area is a little rough when the clubs let out. Like we we don't really feel comfortable walking alone out there, but yeah. usually, you know, you order the Uber and then you just get right into it. But it gets wild, man. So I'm not surprised that you experienced that. Yeah, I do enjoy I do enjoy a bit of a culture shock uh, every now and then. <laughs> I, that's why it's one of the reasons that I like I like to travel um, and I also like to travel in the United States because it's such a different world from what we're mm-hmm. used to. And it seems to be getting weirder and weirder out there like you can say that really, again yeah it feels really it, alien us. out there right now yeah yeah allow me to say it um but it's, it's interesting it's interesting it's interesting to say the least yeah well we like going to europe because it's a little bit more civilized at least in my yeah. opinion and the food's um, better <laughs> yeah the yeah. food is better um i i love architecture and history mm. and culture and stuff like mm. that so i find myself admiring all the churches and all of that good stuff. So you guys have a lot to offer, just like we do on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. I I traveled a bit in these in the states, uh, going to national parks, where which are Mm -hmm. absolutely amazing. 
Um, for a European that has been brought up on American culture, um, like all 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 through my throughout my childhood, I've I've been watching American TV, American movies, and I still do, obviously. But being in America feels like being in a movie for someone like me because you have cars that we don't have out here, you have buildings we don't have out here. Even like a like a three story brownstone brownstone in Brooklyn, it's such a filmic situation for someone like me. And like this is a movie. I'm in a movie. Something you know, it feels like all these scenes that I've seen in so many movies and TV TV shows. So it's 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 amazing going out there. I love it. Yeah. So other than what happened in Denver, what are some other big culture shocks that you've experienced while touring out here? Oh. You shouldn't have asked. It's not <laughs> the list goes on. It's not. It's not. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty. Uh, yeah, Honestly, the, I'm not the, surprised. <laughs> yeah, the homelessness, the homelessness, uh, and the and the and the, yeah. the um, just the public drug drug abuse, and it's we don't we just don't really have that out here in Europe. There's a couple of cities that 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 are like um, that are like magnets for um refugees um illegal immigrants um especially france has that because uh that everyone passes through france to get to the uk because in the uk you don't have passports and it's easier, easier to blend in mm -hmm. if you're an illegal immigrant uh, but a lot of them get stuck in france and then you get these these um little you know they call it bidonvilles because it's basically a city made up of garbage Mm -hmm. um, like tents and, and stuff yeah just tents and cardboard boxes and and that and i never expected that to see that for example like downtown san francisco which yeah it's completely overrun um yeah another another city that that completely stunned me was um um uh it was in texas austin austin mm -hmm. texas so first of all it completely blew me away um by being as lush as it is so there's like it's like there's greenery everywhere there's trees and it, it just feels like a super lush luxurious um natural uh area and and i expected to end up in the desert i mean you know <laughs> the texas that, stereotype texas, yeah Yeehaw. so yeah 100 that <laughs> So that was amazing. Uh, I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, I was I was being I, I was taken out by uh, Justin Hawks, who mm -hmm. used to live there. Mm -hmm. So he, he he took me on a tour of the city. It was amazing. But then in the morning when I left the city and and flew out to the next stop stop of my tour, um, there's just homeless people and drug addicts everywhere that just really seem to take over after a certain point in the night. And it's like I'm a big I'm a big fan of The Wire, you know, the show that the sets in, in Brooklyn and uh, mm -hmm. Brooklyn and Baltimore, and they have that that you know that that zombie that zombie esque atmosphere of drug addicts just roaming yeah. around aimlessly. And that's what that's what 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 was going on in in Austin, like everywhere, just like sidewalks, parking lots, bridges, just everything seemed to be crawling with zombie-like drug addicted homeless people it's oh really gosh. sad sight yeah. really really sad sight yeah yeah hopefully we can kind of start solving some of those issues especially with like the upcoming elections and i think as the new generation like our generation and the generation after us starts to get into office i think the younger people might bring some new solutions to the table so 
I'm hopeful mm. that we can start to fix some of those issues. Yeah. I'll hope with you. I'll hope with you. I'll get. Yeah. I'll. I'll tell you something that um, that's a lot more on the positive side of things, and that is that in general, Americans are extremely welcoming people, mm-hmm. extremely open people, very warm, very enthusiastic, very interested. Um, like you can have a conversation in an elevator in mm-hmm. America. Always. Yep. Yeah, it's impossible in <laughs> Europe, especially in in the like the the more northern you go in Europe, the more colder it gets, and the more close the people are. So I'm kind of in between. Like Belgium is not necessarily the coldest part of Europe, definitely not not the warmest part. Mm-hmm. So we're we don't ever do that, you know. You don't you just don't talk to strangers, and in America, it's like you get, you sit anywhere, and someone will be like. Someone will have a question for you, and and it'll be it'll, it'll sound genuine, and it'll spark a spark a conversation, and mm-hmm. you might end up sitting there for an hour where you we never even had to be there for more than five minutes, and that's yeah. something that's really 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 cool about America, I think. Yeah, I love that about our culture. It's funny because in 2019, I took my mom to Europe for the first time, and I'll never forget. We landed in Barcelona, <laughs> we got on the train from the airport to the city, and she started talking to the person next to her on the train. And I was like, "Mom, they don't really do that in Europe. <laughs> you don't need to talk to strangers. I know you're trying to be nice, but that—that's yeah, a true yeah. tell that you're an American. Yeah, <laughs> and also yes. cover and your backpack, did, cover your stuff. <laughs> yeah. And how did that? How did that person react? Um, they were just kind of like. Like, they just looked at her. They didn't really want to talk at all. They were kind of like, uh, with the face, like, why is this woman trying to talk to me? What does she want? Yeah. Kind of thing. It's, yeah. it's like, people will think it's suspect in a, one way or another. And to be like, what's going on here? Like, what do you want? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's got to be an angle here. That's got to be an angle that I need to figure out. But, no, yeah, that's, it's a really cool part of traveling in America. You just yeah. go anywhere and you'll end up doing stuff mm-hmm. you didn't think you'd, you'd be doing. You end up meeting people you never thought you'd be meeting. And, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Go America. I love that. Mm-hmm. Go America. America, baby. <laughs> <laughs> <Hell> well, <yeah. laughs> we want to say, first of all, congratulations on 15 years of Rampage. That is a huge accomplishment. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I got to say, I do feel the same way. I feel, I feel like it's a huge accomplishment, and I'm, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm surprised every day, every week. Uh, I'm surprised that we made it this far, and it's become what it's become, and we've reached the people that we've reached, and it's had the impact that it's had, and yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. It still is amazing to us. Yeah, I'm just curious. Like, how did you get the original idea for Rampage? Well, so I'm, I'm a DJ first and foremost. So I started out throwing parties because I didn't feel like the kind of drum and bass, the kind of music that I liked myself and that I wanted to play to people was represented anywhere. Mm-hmm. And um, I think like music in general, but the more underground it gets. And when I started out, it was incredibly underground. It it gets gatekept a lot. Mm-hmm. And you had certain little small pockets of, of of bass enthusiasts here and there and they were le- really protective of what they consider was right for that music and i never really i, I didn't I, I didn't really fit in anywhere so i started my own thing and that grew and grew and then someone said you know i have a venue would what about you do what you do in my venue and then i started the night in that venue and then someone else said hey i have a venue so I started doing nights in several venues in several cities and 
every single one just started growing and kind of mutating into something different and started from from a party the first party i, I threw was in um in a squat in a squatted building and like I did a, a couple a, there an empty warehouse or something it wasn't even a warehouse it was more like it was more like an abandoned house just like mm. an abandoned home interesting and there was a there was a there was a gang of squatters that just occupied it and they they kind of turned it into a, a cultural center and actually maybe 10 15 years after i started doing my thing there it was actually turned into an official cultural center oh wow and that... it was still the same and it was still the same squatters that were running it so wow. they they've kept it on for so long and they've done such amazing things there not just in terms of party and music but also like art forms like like painting sculpting and just being uh, uh, just like a creative hub that eventually authorities were like you know we're not we're not going to we're not going to even try to kick you out instead mm -hmm. we're going to grant you an official position so no one can actually kick you out anymore that's admirable wow. <laughs> and this that's is in cool. belgium they, they, this is in belgium yeah this is in belgium just just outside of antwerp um basically 10 minutes from where i live now so i'm still in the same areas where all of this started and well, then, and then you just really quickly on that point you being involved with it for years and then it becoming a cultural site i feel like that says a lot about what you were doing for the scene as well well i mean that it, i would i would be taking too much credit to agree with you but I think it's definitely, it was me and it was a, a number of other people that were doing what I was doing, but in their field of culture mm -hmm. and all of us together. Yeah. We, we made, we made that thing into a cultural hub because mm -hmm. it was all there and everyone was doing their thing. And everyone was like doing, doing something that you couldn't do anywhere else, which made the, the whole place, the, the, the place so special, you know? That's so right. cool. Um, and then I, um, and then I got asked to do, uh, an event at another place, also in Antwerp. And I just thought of, I needed to think of a name. And that was right around the time where dubstep was really booming. Like, like the first, I'd say the first like wave that kind of crossed over in dubstep. Like you had the 2005, six, seven, eight, uh, mm -hmm. wave of dubstep, which was like really underground and really like, uh, you know, really dark and really moody type of dubstep. And then, People like Dr. P and Flux Pavilion. Mm -hmm. kind of gave Dr. It, P. Yeah, they gave it like a new twist. And that's, who else was there? Nero was there. You know, they they, mm -hmm. they added a little bit of, of funky flavor to it. They added a little bit of, of, of commercial appeal to it. And it kind of crossed over, started to cross over. So I, I, I started the event with drum and bass artists that also did bits of dubstep. So the first okay. show we had was Subfocus, who was doing Ooh, dubstep at the time. <laughs> yeah. And then we had Drum Sound and Baseline Smith, who were also oh, doing dubstep yeah. at the time. Wow. And we had Danny Bird, who was like meddling with rave music and, and electro house music next to his drum and bass stuff. So it was kind of like the idea was let's do a drum and bass night where drum and bass is not necessarily the only thing that is going to get played, where there's room to sidestep a little bit. And, and that's where the idea for Rampage grew out of. So that was the first night we had. That's 2009. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we had, we have some focus back again in February. So it's, it's 100% full circle as far as 
that one goes. He was at the first one and he's at the anniversary in, uh, in one month. Oh my gosh. Like, did you ever imagine (laughs) that it would grow to where it is now? Like, did you ever? Of course not. Of course (laughs) not. I I I still, I still have trouble believing it. Yeah, I love that. Pinch You're so humble. <laughs> <laughs> That's that is- how Yessie and I are. Like, we never thought that Dubsip FBI would grow into this. I mean, it's only four years old, but still, we're kind of like, what is going on? Like, things are unfolding <laughs> before our eyes. We can't even keep up with this. <laughs> I know. Amazing. Like, Congratulations. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> yeah, like, it's crazy because last night we were just texting and it's crazy how one year ago we were just at around like 13,000 followers on Instagram. Now we're almost at 44,000 followers on instagram like what is happening (laughs) yeah like where did this come from (laughs) yeah and it's cool because we get to meet people like you and other artists and stuff like that who just continue to inspire us to keep going amazing keep at it keep at it Mm -hmm. and it's it's a it's a wonderful thing i think in the the culture that we're in there's a lot of people that want to be involved in mm-hmm. this culture which to me it's a sign that it's a valuable culture it's not just some random pop culture because people don't want to be involved with pop culture people want to get a taste of it they want to look at it they may want to touch it but they don't mm-hmm. want to get involved with it and in drum and bass and dubstep and bass music you really see that people want to get involved in all kinds of kinds of different ways even if it's just like juggling at a festival but they want to be, they want mm-hmm. to do something. They want to be, yeah, they want to perform in whatever way they can. They want to contribute in some form to that culture. And, and that's, that's really cool. What advice do you have for EDM entrepreneurs specifically? Um, I, 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 I'd say the same advice I'd give anyone else. And that is um, do what you love. Because it's gonna it's gonna feel genuine because it is genuine, and nothing can beat being genuine. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna be come across as being genuine, you're gonna be accepted as genuine, and that's what people like. And then if you do what you love, it's gonna be very personal, so it's gonna be different from what everyone everyone else might be doing. So you're gonna stand out. And the third thing is there is nothing to it but to do it. So if you think of something and you, you think it's a good idea and you want to do it, then you just, you should just do it. Yeah. What's holding you back, you know, (laughs) just take action. Yeah. Because without doing it, it's not, it's never going to happen. It's not, it's not going to, it's not going to be a thing. It's not going to be out there. It's not going to reach anyone, not going to get you out there. So yeah, that's, I think that's just the main thing. And even it, you may, you may never be successful, but at least you'll have had fun. At least mm-hmm. you'll have done something that's valuable to your life, and maybe to to a few people that you've touched along the way. But if you do something and it is, and it turns out to be worthwhile to the world at large, then they'll they will pick up on it if it's genuine. Yeah. And you actually do I it. I love that. And you actually do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite quotes that one of my mentors told me a couple of years ago, and it's always hit home for me, is because people are always scared to take that risk, you know, like even just starting a podcast or just launching something. They're just like, uh, I don't know. Like, what if I fail? 
I don't count those as failures. I count them as lessons. So it's like very much true. Very true. They're very not failures. True. They're lessons. Yeah. Like if, yeah. if yeah. here, at, even at, at Dubs FBI, even at my full-time job, like if I'm not failing, then I'm not learning. Agreed. And if you Definitely. are failing, then you are progressing. You can take those yeah. learnings and learn to, you know, improve on your personal development or your career, your business. Those are lessons and learnings that you can just take and, and move forward. And even, even if you're doing it, you can't really fail unless you've set your goals too high. And I'm not saying you shouldn't set your goals high, but if you're doing something and you've actually done it, you, you have not failed. You may not have reached the amount of people you wanted to reach. Maybe you think you're going to be a superstar. Maybe you're going to reach millions of people and you haven't, but then maybe you've set the wrong goals. The goal should have been the accomplishment and not the success. Success is so secondary that it's not even consideration when doing anything. So 100% do it, just do it. And you'll, you'll get the, you'll get the, the feeling of, of satisfaction from actually accomplishing anything. And you can think of failures as getting you one step closer to your goal. Uh, definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, I mean, yeah, my full-time job is sales. So each no gets me closer to my next yes. Yeah. So it's just, I learned that a lot from you. I (laughs) like when we first started this and we also manage artists too. So we're constantly pitching them out to get bookings and pitching them out to labels and stuff. And I got really discouraged for the first couple of years, you know, when we would get those no's and the passes or no replies on bookings and things Mm -hmm. like that. And Yessie was like, you know what, like this is brand building. You're getting their brand out there. Um, you're building connections and it just yeah. one no gets you closer to that big yes. And that stuck. I, I had a similar conversation earlier today with one of my artists where I told him nothing that you're doing is a sprint. Everything's a marathon. Exactly. Actually, it's like, it's like, um, what's the word? Estafeta, you know, the, you know the, that word, an estafeta run? It's where mm-hmm. you, you have different runners handing the baton to one another. Oh, oh relay. like a relay? Relay, mm-hmm. right. So what you're doing is a relay, like a relay run. Instead of having different runners, you're handing the baton to yourself every time. So mm-hmm. you're, you're doing, like you're doing one, part, one, one part of what, you need, what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And when you've done it, you hand the baton to yourself and you do the second part of what needs to be done. And you yes. keep on keeping on. And in the end, you'll make it to the finish line. And that's, that's how that's how a, that's how a career works. That's how a mm-hmm. job works. How your life works. And it's not like I need to I need to accomplish world domination right now. No, you you don't need to because it's impossible. What you need to do is do what you want to do, and then do what you want to do after that, and then mm-hmm. do what you want to do after that. And in the end, you'll get there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's about getting one percent better every day. Right. Because if you do one little thing, one little thing every day for the whole year, at the end of the year, you'll have 360 things that you've done to make you a better person. So that's how a gym gym routine works. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Just add a little bit every day and you're so much more stronger by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, people will do like maybe like a two week workout or something and they're like, Oh, where's my six pack? <laughs> Why am I not fit? And it's like, yeah. that's not how this works, buddy. <laughs> like, I don't know. 100%. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. Well, actually, I, 
I know we kind of like, I've been loving this conversation so far, but I'm really curious to hear from you. I mean, I couldn't even imagine what it's like to throw a festival, let alone two, because you have Rampage mm-hmm. Open Air and obviously Rampage. I don't even know what it's like to throw these festivals at this scale. So, and then you're also a DJ. So how do you find that balance between, you know, running Rampage, but also running Murdoch? Like your artist side. Um, yeah, balance. Um, I'm not one for balance. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think I'm, I see people, I see people burning out all around me all the time. I'm lucky that I'm not the type of person that, that knows that feeling or I never run into that kind of, you know, situation or whatever. But, and someone asked me, funnily enough, someone asked me this question two days ago and I do a lot of different things. And sometimes, you know, you, you, whatever you do, any type of job you do, um, even, even if it's a hobby, there's always like peak moments in what you do, right? Like there's, there's moments where it's busier than other times. And in, in all the different things that I do, because aside from what you just mentioned, I also run a couple of other parties. I manage artists. I make my music. I A&R to record labels. So I, I consult for festivals. We have wow. uh, eight, eight parties outside of Belgium uh, with Rampage right now. So there's a lot of different things that I need to juggle, but it's rare that these that these different activities peak at the same time. So it's mm-hmm. like the you 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 know what's coming up. You know the deadline that's coming up next month. You know the deadline that's coming up in three months, and so you know how to pace yourself and when you need to do what. And very rarely, some of these actually coincide and. That's a tough one. So I, I'll have, I have to sweat it out. Actually, I'm, I'm right in, in the midst of one right now because my album is coming out next week. We've got 15 years of Rampage next month. We're dealing with three negotiations for festivals and parties outside of Belgium. Um, I've got wow. two release parties next week. Um, I'm working on the audiovisual show for my for my album show. So there's a lot of things happening right now. So I'm in, I'm in that spot right now that I usually try to avoid getting into but at the same time i know that i'll be out of that spot next week when the album is out and the show is done and the release parties are behind me and then i've got rampage 15 years anniversary to look forward to and to build towards to and um and then it's uh uh like uh, one straight straight uh, line towards the open air festival so yeah it's it's a bit of a juggle and it's tough it's tough finding balance and sometimes it's impossible to find balance because you know, what needs to be done needs to be done. Like I just said, it, they nothing to it but to do it. And that's just what I keep in mind. It's like, it just needs to be done. And when, when it's, once it's done, it's over. So, you know. That's true. Mm-hmm. Light at the end of the tunnel. It's, keep it's your exactly. North Star. There, there you go. Light at the end of the tunnel. It's just like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I thought me and Chrissy were oh doing a God. lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. But yeah, I think what's actually helped me a lot and Chrissy knows this is I'm forcing myself to be offline and like not check my email, not, you know, like obviously like I'll, an- I'll answer Chrissy and our other business partner, <laughs> Joe, like obviously I'll answer them. But when it comes to like coverage inquiries or anything else, like yeah. in my email, I'm like, nope do not disturb. I'm going to stay offline and I'm going to rest because, you know, having this full-time job, it's very demanding in itself and then managing artists. And at the, you know, around this time last year, 
we were also managing welcome records. So mm-hmm. that was a lot to juggle as well on top of everything we're already doing. So I think just having that one day where you just force yourself to not do anything, it like really helps at least me clear my head. Good for you. I got to say that right. I find <laughs> that I, I find that um, um, there's a generation of people that are, are very good at turning that whole side of things off. And uh, maybe, maybe it has something to do with kind of growing up with mobile phones and internet and social media and all of that, because I did, I did not grow up with all of that. That all came after I was already an adult. So this is something that we just got, got kind of thrown at me. And I kind of feel like people of my age, my generation that have, have a lot more trouble with, with doing that. Like I'm, 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 I'm in that spot where you are, you know, I'm in that same state of mind. I'm like, you know, it's, a, it's just a phone. It, mm-hmm. You can let it ring. It's not a problem. You know, you can I turn love it that off. mindset. Let's print that out and put it on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> let yeah. it ring. It's not a problem. Yeah. But a lot mm-hmm. of people really cannot do that. I'm like, you used to just have a phone at home. And if you weren't at home, the phone would just be ringing. And you, you probably wouldn't even have a voice a voicemail at home. You know, you wouldn't even have an answering machine. So mm-hmm. the phone would be ringing and you wouldn't be around. So you wouldn't be pick, picking up the phones. And why are you picking up the phone right now? It's not a convenient situation. It's not a convenient moment for you to be answering anyone on the phone, but you're still answering your phone. There's no need for it. And I see people doing it on the job, uh, in public places. And I'm like, you know, you can call this person back in five hours or in a day. Uh, yeah. yeah. My thing so is kudos. if it's important, if it's important, they'll leave a voicemail. I always say that to Chrissy. Yeah. I'm like, if it's I mean, important, they'll leave a voicemail. <laughs> there you go. There you go. They'll leave a voicemail. They'll send you a message. They'll send you an email. They'll call back the yeah. next day. I mean, exactly. the, world will, mm-hmm. the, the world will still be turning a day yes. later. You know? yep. We need to remind <laughs> ourselves of that. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for, for me, I've actually found it easier to disconnect. Like right when I wake up, I set the intention, like I'm not checking social media right now. I'm just going to go about my day, get started on work. Cause I feel like the second I start checking social media, I'm letting like 200 people into my head and I already have all these things bouncing around. And then my That's focus is on the phone for the rest of the day. So for me, I'm trying to get better about waking up and not checking my phone right away. There you go. It's a yeah. good start. It's a good start. Yeah. It's a good start. You know, these people, they're a lot smarter than us. The people that invented the phones and the people that are making these apps, they're a lot smarter than us. Mm-hmm. And they're very good at keeping your attention and, and drawing your oh, attention. Yeah. And and just, you know, they, they, they'll they fuck up your life, you know. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's true. That's, yeah. that, I mean, the, these companies are designed to do that. They're designed to, to get to get your attention and keep your attention and every second they get your attention they're making money so mm-hmm. they're very very good at it they're they're always gonna gonna outsmart us and they're gonna, gonna be better than <laughs> us mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly so it's, it's very it's it's very good that you that you set the, those kind of goals and and just make little changes that just free up space in your mind that free up space in your day um free up space in your emotions yeah because otherwise you just, you're just not in control anymore. Self-care. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Baby steps. I mean, how are you, how are you going to feel if you see, if the first thing you see in the morning is 20 people having, having more success than you are, or looking like they have that, more success than you are, are having? 
Literally, I mean, then I, you start second guessing oh yourself God, and you these, lose motivation. I mean, you, you get up in the morning and you're not the best looking version of yourself. <laughs> and you turn on your <laughs> right. Instagram and you see yeah, 15, right? 15 people looking absolutely amazing. You're like, fuck me. Literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it do be like that though. <laughs> definitely. So, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I need to take Good Chrissy's advice. advice here and be better about not checking social media because lately that's all I've been doing, checking the mm-hmm. DMs on FBI accounts and just making sure that, you know, there's nothing, there's not any emergencies or <laughs> there never are. I'll, 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 I'll go back. I'll go back to the first part of our conversation and something that I enjoyed, enjoy, not only enjoyed, but still enjoy about being in America. So you guys in, uh, are like like seven to 12 hours behind on us right so i I fly Mm -hmm. out to to america i kind of fly back in time so which means that if i wake up in america at nine or ten in the morning it's four five six in the afternoon over here which means if i turn on my email or my instagram or my whatsapp or whatever i'll get all the emails and all the all the messages that i've received all throughout the day i'll answer everyone in one go I can turn everything back off because office hours are done over here. Offices mm-hmm. are closed at six, seven by the time I'm done answering everyone. And I won't get any replies. I won't get any messages back till 24 hours later when I wake up again, nine in the morning, 10 in the morning. And it's super convenient. And every time I'm in, in the US, I'm like, I should, I should do this at home. Just <laughs> four or five in the afternoon, just reply to everyone and then just turn everything off. For the, for the entire day, the next mm-hmm. day, and then at four, five, six in the afternoon, it'll be like, all right, I'll reply to everyone again. And, you know, you'll find that, I mean, that's that's what I found. Life just goes on and everything gets done and nothing gets left out. And it's fine. Well, we actually got several submitted questions for you. We'd love to move into the submitted questions round if you're ready. Go, hit me. Cool. Um, so MF Victor is asking when you're not listening to D and B, what do you listen to? Okay. So, um, I, I'm an original hip hop head. So before anything else, I listened to hip hop. I was, when I was 10, 11, 12 years old, my whole world was hip hop and, um, kind of stayed like that. It was like probably like 15, 16. I started discovering electronic music and different genres, but yeah, still a lot of love for hip hop. I'm wearing, I'm wearing a, ju- a shirt that says Juicy, Juicy. J. Kent. <laughs> I love that. Good old Juicy J. I love Juicy J. I love, I love very conscious music. I love very intelligent music. I also love like blatantly ignorant, stupid music. That's my Juicy, kind of rap. The way Juicy J. The way Juicy <laughs> J. Can can do it. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, hip hop. I like hip hop, and I I, li- I like a lot of uh, different types of music. Um, and. Uh, my downtime for me is like soul music, like classic, classic 60s, 70s R&B um, music that's from way before my time, but I just find soothing to the soul. Um, so, yeah, um, yeah, just love for music in general, basically. All right. Sharon LaFranza, do you like the old or the new dubstep more? Never really been a big fan of that whole bro step sound. So the whole, like the, 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 the very heavy dare out sound that kind of like pioneered by Skrillex and then everyone that came after him. What I do really, really like is like the old school wobble type dubstep. Mm-hmm. And then what I really, really love is rhythm. 
I and love how, rhythm. <laughs> and how rhythm, for me, rhythm is like the reincarnation of that old school sound. They just, they do what the old school guys used to do, but they do it like, I shouldn't say more efficiently because it kind of sounds like they didn't used to do it well back in the days, but I kind of feel like it's more efficient. Like, it's just like, it just goes straight to the core, you know, these, these rhythm mm -hmm. fake outs and the, just everything is just like maxed out in terms of db in terms of everything every, every frequency frequency is just locked in completely and yeah i just i just really really like that stuff like guys like in fact and murder i remember mm -hmm. their their mm -hmm. their um their back-to-back -back set at rampage oh my gosh that just like goosebumps all over you know I love that stuff. I am so jealous that we didn't get to <laughs> witness that in person. Oh my god! Oh, that was so good. That was. I would so have been Definitely. an absolute feral uh, rhythm rat. Yeah, I would be in the, the crowd pit for that one. <laughs> Damn! Yeah, I was. I was too. I was too. I was in the crowd for that one. I witnessed their first drop. I witnessed them opening the set. I witnessed their the entire set. It was really, really good. And then and oh shout gosh. out, in fact, shout out, in fact, and murder. Um, yeah, really, really good guys as well. Good artists and good people. Yeah. Another legendary one really quickly would be the Tugan Goot set from last year. Oh, I missed it. I missed oh, it. Oh, you missed it? I missed yeah. it too. Oh. Oh. I miss I miss so much that happens at these festivals. I get cold. You're probably away. running I mean, around. Yeah, yeah, you're probably yeah. running around like crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I booked, I finally got, I finally was able to book DJ Markey at Rampage Open Air last year. He's a Brazilian drum and bass DJ who's an absolute master on the decks. He's got impeccable style. He's got impeccable taste. And I was so happy that we managed to lock him in. And then like 45 minutes into his set, I realized that he was on the decks and I was on the opposite side of the festival and just tried to run over to catch 10 minutes of his set. I was like, oh, oh my gosh, idiot. And then there's DJ <laughs> Craze, who's an American. Who's mm -hmm. also like an old school, like like a veteran hip hop DJ who's got so much love for drum and bass. They actually started playing drum and bass, and we managed to book him. And I missed his entire set. I was so pissed off. Oh man, but, um, that's how it goes. It happens. Duty calls. It happens. <laughs> Duty calls. Yeah, and we'll bring him back. But you have a golf cart, right? That you get your own golf <laughs> cart to run around with. I I do have my own golf golf cart, but I only use it at night at the after parties because. I'm running around all day so much that I don't even get to use the golf cart. That's fair. But I make up for it at night. But I make up for it at night. You get your steps. <laughs> yeah, right? Okay, there you go. That's worth more you then. Can, you can track Damn. your steps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I actually don't. But uh, one of my colleagues did did like 140,000 steps that weekend. So. Oh my the, gosh. That's kind of what we, that's kind of like the average of the amount of steps that we do in, a, my in an open air weekend. Love it. So <laughs> yeah. when people say, do you run marathons or half marathons? Yeah. Kind of. Right there. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. So next one, SP. <laughs> Who was your inspiration to create DNB? Um, I mentioned DJ Markey. Um, he's definitely one of them. There's a couple of people that really, because I like, what I really like about drum and bass is that let's compare it to like house or techno music. Yeah. So yeah. you've got a certain style of house music. It will have a certain genre of type music of house music. Like you'll have hard techno and you'll have tech house and you'll have mm -hmm. techno and you'll have old school techno and you'll have 
Latin house and you'll have happy house and you'll have, you know, mm -hmm. drum and bass, it's all in one genre. So you can have something that sounds Latin and something that sounds jazzy and something that sounds techno, but it'll all be in one DJ set. Mm -hmm. That's what I really like about drum and bass. And one of the people that really did that very early on is, is DJ Marky. And there's a couple of other people like like Total Science who, who did that as well. So some of those guys are really an inspiration, have always been an inspiration to me. Um, my friend Netsky has always mm -hmm. been an inspiration to me as well. He's, um, yeah, he's definitely a legend. And he's also, he's one of those guys that lifted what used to be called liquid drum and bass, uh, which up until that point was like quite mellow, you know, quite soft, jazzy, soul-inspired drum and bass. And they kind of took it into a completely new you know, vibe, territory, area where it was much more dancefloor oriented and had a lot more impact and was a lot, lot more, a lot, a lot harder, a lot heavier. Um, and I love playing that stuff. And, you know, we mm -hmm. mentioned some focus, we mentioned Camel Crooked, that those are all guys that are kind of part of that same wave. So that's always been an inspiration to me as well. Cool. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back through and listen to some of that old school stuff. We love Worth liquid it. drum and bass. Yeah. 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 It's the best. The best. It kind of uh, has that? everything as well. It kind of has everything because you can mm -hmm. you can have a jump up bass line in a liquid track and you can have like like in like techno sounding keys that still but still keep it liquid at the same time. So yeah, it's a really like all encompassing vibe in drum and bass. Oh my god. My alarm is going off. Got a fire going? <laughs> got a little fire going. I know, back. I was like, who's got the police department barbecue. down there? <laughs> barbecue, barbecue time. This alarm is always going off. Wait, your alarm in your apartment? My alarm is going off. It's funny how no one seems to care about alarms anymore. I was playing in Bristol a couple of months ago. I was in my hotel and the alarm went off and it was like a fucking deafening noise. Yeah. And I stepped outside in my room and there was no one in the hallway. And I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not the only person in this hallway. I mean, these rooms are all occupied. No one seemed to care. And then I just, I was like, all right, that I'm not going to care either. I went back into my into my room and the alarm shut off and then five minutes later it started going again and again no one in the room and then i saw this guy from personnel walk by and it's like so what's going on he's like yeah i don't know either and he's like what about what about <laughs> his way i was like okay okay why do we even have alarms <laughs> literally i feel like people don't take them seriously like they always nah. think it's a drill when it's going off and they're like yeah. they're just kind of like yeah no worries <laughs> i text him <laughs> my roommate yeah. i'm like is there anything going on do you see anything <laughs> well, we have one more submitted question that we can get through right now. Let's go. Um, so Wayne Roper, he's asking Murdoch times excision collab. Is that ever going to happen? Uh, Murdoch excision collab. That's an interesting one. It's an interesting one. Um, I would definitely not say no to that. Could right. Be, could be, yeah, it could be, could be cool smashing together of worlds. Um We've had excision over at Rampage, and I'm kind of planning on going to Lost Lands next year. Lost Lands so is maybe, insane. Yeah, I've, I've heard. I've heard they've, they've stepped stepped it up so much mm -hmm. last time around. I was so impressed. So yeah, I got to see it with my own with my own eyes. So maybe that's the the topic of conversation when I'm out there. You know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Collab win. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that'd be sick. That would be different from his normal stuff. So I feel like the fans would be receptive to it. It would yeah. also probably help spread D&B around here in America. Yeah. yeah. 
because he's he's kind of like an advocate for it, right? Like he's been mm-hmm. playing a lot of drum and bass, and he's been turning on uh, quite a few drum and bass artists, um, booking them for Lost Lands and um, uh, what's the other one called? Um, bass Canyon. Bass Canyon, that's the one. So yeah, um, yeah, I feel like it's definitely something that could happen. Yeah. Oh yeah, good suggestion. Nice one, oh, Wayne. Yeah. Nice one, Wayne Roper. Whoever you are. Yeah. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> Still going, um, still going on oh man well whenever you're ready take your time cool yeah i mean well i just have a question when are you coming back to america i know you were just here but do you have any other plans yeah i'm coming back uh in two weeks um, oh wow yeah i'm doing so uh, my album release is next week on friday and i'm i'm doing the first album launch show in germany uh this saturday and then I'm doing the next album launch show in Antwerp next Saturday and the week after that in London. And the week after that, I'm flying to Los Angeles to do Respect to launch the album there. And then I'm doing uh, San Juan in Puerto Rico. Oh, and wow. We have a launch party there as well. Yep. And then uh, it's, it's, uh, it's off back home. And then it's until... What's the thing called? The, the festival in Tulum? Locust? Mm-hmm. Locust in Tulum. And I might do another American date while I'm out there as well. Well, so the, first, ever... the first stop, the first stop is, is uh, 8th of February. It's Los Angeles, the first American one for me. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, if you have plans to come to Colorado, we'd love to meet you, get lunch with you. Chat. Oh, sick. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. And I would love to I go out to Rampage in general. Mm-hmm. Like, especially open air like that's like high on my list <laughs> um well i uh i can only advise you to actually do that because you will not be sorry <laughs> a lot of the artists are chatting about how it's like one of the must-see festivals like i was with mad dubs the other night and he was basically just like i'm so excited like i can't wait to see what else they do with the festival and everyone only speaks really highly of it that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Yeah, we're yeah. Very, we're we're very proud of it. I think I think um if I'm if I'm allowed to toot my own horn for for just a second, but I do think yeah. that we do an incredible job, and and a lot of that or most of that is down to the team that we have and the people that we are lucky enough to be working with, um, who are also even if they're only employed by us or or just um couple of times a year actually work for us and the rest of the year to do their own thing and work for other people there they always seem to be very much involved um like very caring about us and the brand and the event and i think everyone that comes there uh, whether you're um, a ticket buyer or you're an artist or crew you do feel that that everyone is putting in you know everything they have um to make it just such a special place for everyone just a special moment special weekend for everyone that's there so the artists love it the crew loves it everyone that visits, visits there people make friends um you know build friendships for life across borders across continents and yeah it's it's truly amazing it's absolutely amazing and and i i sometimes forget because we get caught up in the whole organizing aspect of it and the the financial side of it and the production side of it and there's so much work and there's so much paperwork and there's so much communication but then 
Um, I had a really, really cool moment when I was invited to do an interview um, at a radio station and they asked people to send in whatever they want to send in about the festival. And mm -hmm. they got flooded with people just sending how much they love the festival. Uh, I met my wife there. Um, oh I my met gosh. my best friend there. Oh yeah, like I, I got proposed to at Rampage. Uh, I I experienced this, I experienced that, and just just all love, love, love. And the the presenter of the show, she was moved to tears. She was actually she had tears going down her cheeks, um, reading these messages about how heartfelt and how genuine it all it all was. And uh, yeah, I was standing there like lump in my throat, everything you know. It's been it's times like that we, where where you get to stand still and and mm -hmm. and and you know get be reminded of how special it actually is because i mean to us it's like it you you work for a year to get there and then it's like four four days and four nights and they're over mm -hmm. like that you know yeah exactly like blink blink and it's monday morning you know and they're like yeah. all right so that's that on to the next one you know next year yeah yeah but everyone else is just like still completely engulfed by the emotions and the experiences and um so yeah it's 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 cool to once in a while just you know stand still and face mm -hmm. that that's actually the case so yeah i mean also like the fact that you're creating a space where people's lives are changed for the positive i mean that's like the biggest mission of being a human i feel like is helping other humans so seems kind of like that's what you've gotten at with this brand it's well a lot put. to celebrate well put yeah, well put. Well put. Oh yeah. Um, Alarm is clear. Have... <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. <laughs> Winning. <Sorry about> that. <laughs> I knew if we waited it out, we'd be good. I was like, we'll be good. We'll be good. Yeah, let's get through this lightning round. We don't want to keep you all day. I know it's dinner time out there. <laughs> um, well, I'll I'll kick you're it good, off over good. here. <laughs> um, what city in Europe is the base capital? Antwerp. Oh, Antwerp, okay. that's a new one. Yeah, without a doubt, actually. Cool. I'll take it. We usually hear Budapest. Um, nah, why would it? I mean, I don't see it. I mean, all love and respect to everyone doing their thing, but Antwerp has rampage, obviously, mm -hmm. and it's the biggest in Europe, maybe even in the world, especially for like an indoor show. So there's that. But plus you've got shit ton of great producers here you've oh, yeah. got all these all these different all these different other events are going on you've got the biggest jump up parties jump up drum and bass parties in the world are here you've got invaders inceptions prolic you got so many different ones the biggest longest running uh deep drum and bass night in the world it's not in antwerp it's in ghent but belgium is so mm -hmm. small oh yeah if we'd be america we'd be one city you know yeah. so <laughs> i'm saying antwerp but i'm really saying belgium you know, gotcha. um, makes sense. like, and, and I wanted to say Star Wars, because that's the longest running deep drum and bass night in the world. And there's no other drum and bass night in the world that attracts 1500 people for, for events that has that sound. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot mm -hmm. of reason for it. There's a lot of reasons. There's, there's a couple of reasons why you, you may want to say that it's not Antwerp or Belgium, because mm -hmm. aside from, from Rampage, in general, people aren't that big on dubstep, so we don't have that many dubstep parties. And I'd probably say that like Budapest will definitely have more dubstep parties, and maybe like Paris will have uh, more dubstep parties than we do. 
but it thinks in terms of numbers as far as the amount of parties go and the amount of party goers and the amount of producers i think we're a really strong contender yeah yeah you make a convincing case mm -hmm. thank you <laughs> all right so we're sending it to wrap, rapage i gotta there. wrap i gotta wrap my set i gotta wrap my set <laughs> <laughs> all right next one ableton or fl ableton Word. um uh <laughs> <laughs> fl fl is belgian fl is belgian oh, right I didn't so know that. yeah yeah fl is created by people in belgium um it's obviously an international thing now and it's a multinational but but the creator of, of fl the designer and the, and the original entrepreneur they're both from both from belgium um but i never really got into it like it just never worked for me the mm -hmm. same the way the same way cubase never really worked for me or logic pro never worked for me i tried it and it just i couldn't get into it you know it just kind of threw me off or something i don't know and Ableton was just like dove in and felt like a fish in the water from the first second I used it. So yeah, Ableton all the way for me. What is the strangest venue you've ever performed at? Oof. The strangest venue I've ever performed at. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. We've heard like... I, uh, some like prison cells or like abandoned warehouses, yeah. like in the middle of nowhere that were sketch. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd say I, I don't, well, I've played, I've played, I've played all of those, but not the prison cells, but I've played <laughs> like abandoned warehouses and I've played places out in the sticks somewhere and places that look super sketchy and turned out to be super sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one, but one, one night comes to mind where I, I, um, I was booked to play this night. And when I got there, all I saw was a restaurant. It was a restaurant and it had the name of the venue that was on the flyer. I was like, this, this can't be right. Because mm -hmm. the festival actually, had, the, the, the restaurant actual, actually had people in it. So it wasn't like it was an abandoned restaurant. It was an actual working restaurant. Turned out they had, a, they had like a medieval basement, Ooh. you know, like, um, like um well like these 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 round brick ceiling type things you know mm -hmm. and um it felt it felt like a medieval basement it looked like a medieval basement like you know bit i'd say dusty but it was too moist to be dusty you know yeah. that kind of like, i know that smell mm -hmm. yeah. yeah so that and uh so i'd say i'd go for that one i think that's a good i think that's the winner here Got it. Yeah, that sounds very strange. Kind of sounds like a speakeasy where it's like hidden under mm -hmm. the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I gotta say, it was very cool. And it was a great night. I wouldn't I wouldn't have remembered it if it wasn't a great night. It was a great night. It was a good vibe. It was a great party. Yeah. What country it was, was it in? It was, in, it was in Antwerp. It was in Antwerp. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it was in Antwerp. And I'd never, and I live in Antwerp and I'd never been there before. So you can imagine how, how well hidden it was. Love that. Sounds like it. <laughs> cool. Who are your producer best friends? My producer best friends. Um, I'll, I'll I'll name a couple of people that I really like. Um, so there's a couple of people in Belgium. Start with used and dramatic bass stripper, primate, captain bass, mace. Those six are like. Yeah, like the chosen six, you know. Mm -hmm. They're like the chosen. <laughs> yeah, the squad. They're like, and, and they're like they're like the 
the generation and they're like yeah mm -hmm. something like that like you know, and i expect really really big things of all six of them um i get along really well with justin hawks i mentioned them earlier mm -hmm. um, um i like ac13 he's a uk drum and bass producer he's absolutely hilarious uh i gotta mention my mc mc mota we've done a bunch of tracks together um there's doctrine who's kind of he's kind of off and on in drum and bass at the moment he's not doing any drum and bass but he's one of my good friends and he's absolutely hilarious and he's a wizard in the studio so i definitely need to name drop him and i'm gonna probably forget a bunch of people but i think i've mentioned some that i are definitely really dear to me jeez you got a lot of friends <laughs> mr popular over here <laughs> Or we, I, I could say acquaintances, acquaintances. That's acquaintances. Good. That's, that works as well. Yeah, the homies. <laughs> yeah, the homies. That's a good one. Let's stick with that one. Let's go with that one. The homies. The homies. Um, what is one country that you want to play in? Um, so I think Japan. Japan mm. is way up there. I haven't been to Japan ever. Uh, I've been playing Japan, obviously. So, yeah, I'm really curious about Japan. I, I've got a couple of people that often fly out there and work there. Um, mm -hmm. And they always have these cool stories. There's a lot of um, the, the the chances of a culture clash or a culture shock are really high out there. So that's something I look forward to. Um, mm -hmm. They do a lot of stuff really differently than how we, we're used to doing it. So that's something that, that that's going to be really interesting, I think um just this week someone got in touch from china and oh, that wow. really yeah that really triggered mm. me as well like that's okay. interesting because cool. that's you know one of these countries where you really don't know anything about china you know that's, literally yeah, yeah literally you don't Nothing. know anything about china you think you know but you don't you know it's very closed off there you, there you go so that that it's going to be an amazing opportunity so yeah that's Love cool it. though you'll have to let us know how it goes We'll do. We'll yeah. do. We'll do. I'll come out to Colorado after that. Yeah, we need a yeah. debrief. Yeah, <laughs> you need to come out here and we need a debrief. Yeah. That's good. We'll do a follow up on this one. Right. So, what's the most embarrassing thing that's happened to you on stage? Um, I've fallen off the stage oh, no. several oh, times. Um, there was a night where I was so drunk that I rewound the same track about six or seven times. If it's um, nice, play it twice, baby. Or play it six that's times. That's what I said. Yeah. I, said <laughs> I said that, and I said that five times. <laughs> so, I want what you were having. <laughs> that's how everyone else felt. That's how everyone else felt. It was a great night. It was a great night. I No, no regrets. No regrets. Yeah, that's not embarrassing if everyone had fun. Eh, who cares about embarrassing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure everyone in the crowd was tweaked out anyway, and they didn't even yeah. notice that you played it six times. I mean, I mean, only one life, YOLO. You know, YOLO, YOLO baby. I mean, that's the motto. YOLO. There you go, my boy there Drake. You go. So yeah, so maybe it wasn't even embarrassing. It definitely wasn't embarrassing to me because I wasn't conscious enough to consider yeah. it embarrassing. But maybe in hindsight, you could say that's embarrassing. For sure, it's funny. Um, two more questions for you. Uh, what is your pre-show routine? Um, so I don't really have a pre-show routine. I'm always good to go. So I can basically step off a plane and go right on stage and just be ready. Uh, really what I, what I need 
is about three minutes of really, really loud music. Mm-hmm. So that's basically the first track that I play. And as soon as that first track has kicked in, I'm good, you know. And I might be sleepy and I might be nervous and I might be sick and I might be whatever. But as soon as that bass kicks in, I'm fine. I'm good. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So no, no pre-show routine. If I do at the time, I'll have a, I'll have a glass of champagne mm-hmm. or two. Nice little toast. Three. Yeah. Might as well. Yeah. yeah. Champagne on the rider. Yep. <laughs> 100% champagne on the rider. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Well, last question for you. Who are some upcoming artists that you think deserve more recognition? Okay. So I think, I think I've already mentioned six of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, the, um, cause I'm always like, we're over here in Europe and drum and bass is a very UK thing. It originated in the UK. UK is still very much the stronghold for drum and bass. They kind of call the shots as far as festivals and artists and labels and stuff like that goes. So I think because of that, we're very supportive of what goes on on our side of the pond, um, mm-hmm. which is probably one of the reasons because I'm not patriotic at all. I, I couldn't care less about any of that, but I do feel like it's the people that I know that are close close to me that I talk to often um, that are, and they're just, and they're amazing, you know, amazing people, amazing musicians, amazing artists. So whenever I get the chance, I get, um, I shout them out and, yeah, so used Andromatic, uh, Primate, Bass Tripper, Captain Bass, Mace are some of the people that are doing really well and deserve to do better. And we've got a whole new bunch of guys coming right after them. Um, I've invited uh, a lot of them to the release parties I'm doing in a couple of weeks. There's um, uh, Blanco, Atmos, uh, Michaelia, Shonia Tribe, um, the Midas Touch guys uh, in the lab from the UK um syd ldn from london um so yeah there's a, there's, a, there's a bunch of guys bubbling that are doing absolutely amazing and um, i'm sure we'll see push through in the next coming months and years and look i look forward to seeing it i love to see that shit happen we got amazing. some new music to listen to yeah yeah yeah, yeah. check them out check them <laughs> out you will not be sorry you will not yeah. be sorry if you have like a rampage playlist or like any mm-hmm. playlists that have all of these artists that you mentioned, we love to I'll do shoot. Some I'll shoot. What, I'll shoot. I'll shoot one over to you. I'll shoot a playlist over to you, and you can add it in, in bio or in stories or whatever yeah. for people to to link to, and you can you can enjoy it yourself. And I'll I'll put together a nice little playlist with um with all the people that I just mentioned. Yeah, I'd love to give them some more exposure. Of course. Yeah. And if there's any coverage opportunities or anything, we even have like a Spotify playlist called DMV detectives. So send those over to us. We're always happy to give as much coverage as we can, especially for the international artists that are trying to get to the U S there you go. There you go. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Amazing. Well, other than the fire alarm that happened earlier and everything, (laughs) (laughs) that's a new one. That, that, yeah, that's a new one. (laughs) So that's the end of pretty much the podcast and everything. So do you have any amazing, final words? Amazing. Yeah. Do you have any final uh, words that you'd like to say to like, the audiences? Yeah, th- just thank you for shedding light on, on, on what we do and what I do. And, and, you know, just, uh, happy that you guys are, are, are trying, are willing, are being part of, of the scene that, that we're all in and, and being part of the community and help spread the word. 
um, yeah, it's just such a beautiful thing about this community that we're in, this culture that we're in. Um, so yeah, kudos and, and keep up, keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you. And good luck with your album release parties. Congrats on that. Congrats on 15 years. Thank you years. so much. Hopefully you, we'll run into you in person at some point this year. Well, I, um, maybe final last words is I'll, I think in, in the not too distant future, we'll have some amazing news for all the people in Colorado. Um, so yeah, look out for that. All righty. We'll stay locked.